when I got sick and realized that life could be taken from me at any moment, I just stopped giving a shit what anybody yeah. thought. And once I did that, it was way easier to be like, you know what? I'm the guy that shows up to business meetings with a t-shirt on and a hat, love tattoos, and I switch my hair every three months. If you don't like it, I'm not for you. That's okay. That's the other thing that I learned is that's okay. I don't not like you because you have something against me. Mm. That is something wrong with me then. Mm -hmm. I don't like that. I'm just going to do my thing. If other people want help with doing their thing, I'll help too. What's up? My name is CJ Finley, and this is the Thrive on Life podcast. I started a brand called Thrive on Life to help other mission-based people, brands, and businesses thrive. Each week, we interview people on topics of business, health, relationships, mindset, and much more to help us thrive in all areas of life. If the messages in this podcast resonate with you, but you're still feeling a little bit stuck in actually implementing these ideas, I'd love to help you on a more personalized level or connect you with somebody that can. So please reach out. Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's episode is a conversation I had back in February with my good friend, Brayden Alley. The convo was recorded with him hosting the session and interviewing me for In The Arena, a men's group and brand that he is the co-founder of. Within the episode, we discuss and analyze questions that we feel other men should be reflecting on and finding their own answers to. So let's jump right into the arena and give it up for Brayden Alley. It's a beautiful day here in Austin, Texas. It's a little, little cloudy, but it's still beautiful because I get to jam out with one of my good friends, CJ Finley. You know, I woke up today feeling, feeling extra grateful. I wake up every day, always finding a reason to see the beauty of the world, the beauty of my life, the people in it, the things in it, and the things, you know, I got going on. So I'm curious, CJ, what, what did you wake up this morning feeling grateful about? Well, first off, thank you for having a conversation with me. Super excited for this. And it's funny because every morning I write a newsletter that in the footer, I write P.S., this is what I'm grateful for today. And there's always gratitude for life and gratitude for just being alive again this morning. But uh, a selfish gratitude I have today is that it's the first day of February and January was the most downloads I've ever had for my podcast. Thanks to friends, guests, family, anybody who shared. I'm just grateful for all of you. So why I say selfish um, is because I want to have more people patting themselves on the back for the achievements that they have when they when they put the work in. I feel like, especially as men, uh, it's on to the next, right? It's just constantly, as soon as we hit a goal, we just move on to the next thing. And I'm trying to do a much better job this year of saying, you know what? I busted my ass for this goal. I hit it. I'm grateful for it. And obviously still appreciative of everything else that's going on in the world and the fact that I am able to be alive and take a breath. I love that. Well, and, and as a man, you've been on a mission to better yourself as well, like through this journey. You've learned, you've grown. And I'm curious what qualities, and this is you know more for just men in general in terms of like what you just shared as well, as far as like taking credit for where credit's due. You put the work in, own that. What are some qualities that you think define a man that is that is great, that is better, however you want to phrase it? What does that look like for you? And what have you learned? I love the question. And to it's a funny thing in society. The NFL just played the NFC and AFC championship game. And athletes, it's this weird thing. Like in society, if you're confident and courageous, 
you're put down, you're cocky, you're an asshole. But the people we look up to as kids like have so much determination and discipline and bust their ass day in and day out to achieve these amazing, miraculous things. And we look up to them, but if it's your friend or your neighbor or your cousin, you put them down. And I just can't understand that. So the way that I look for amazing men or men that I admire is less about what your great characteristics are and what do you get rid of? More of those, are you putting people down? Are you egotistical, meaning like ego is a good thing. It's a, it's one reason I'm bringing up so early on this podcast is if we didn't have ego, we wouldn't hunt and provide and, and eat, feed ourselves really like survive. we wouldn't survive. We wouldn't <laughs> yeah. procreate. Right. So you have to learn to lean into, there are some good sides of it, but I mean the negative sides of it where we're doing things for the result rather than for the process. And I look for men to be around that are more focused on how do I get A to B and then B to C and then C to D rather than I'm only focused on Z and I'm going to squash everybody around me until I get Z. So it's more for me, it's less about like, like courage can be found in so many ways. Confidence can be found in so many ways. Being strong can be found in so many ways. It's different for every single person, but I think we can all agree when somebody is being mean or being aggressive in the wrong way or just not not being a good human being, not being kind, not being generous, you can feel that. not being authentic. You can feel that. And I look to stay as far away from those characteristics as possible. I'm a human. I 100% lean into those characteristics at some points, but I try to focus on lessening those from my life. And ultimately, if you get those out of your life, you are more courageous. You are more confident. You are more, you you show stronger capabilities of becoming a a kind, well-rounded, hardworking man. Mm. I think, and also we were just talking about too, when we were on a run earlier about money and like having that, that same mindset, having the money, the money in the background of instead of like focusing on value and focusing on the betterment of the people around you, the money comes like, if it, like I don't need to focus on that because I know it will come and you have that same perspective and that allows you the freedom to focus on you being just a good person, just giving a shit, right? Um, I think another quality that goes in there is vulnerability. And you mentioned men we admire. I'm curious, which is a men's group that he's a part of. I'm curious how that has helped you also grow as a man in terms of being more vulnerable and relating to other men who are dealing with a similar you know, problem and struggles that you are. The thing that I think it has helped with me the most is me personally, I've behind closed doors always been a pretty open person around friends and family. And the way that I knew this is I always had a lot of girlfriends growing up and I don't mean girls that I dated. I mean, I just hung around a lot of women and I liked to talk about like different things that were going on in my life or their life. Whereas like when I hung out with my teams, like we didn't necessarily talk about that. We're always talking about sports or these other things or women (laughs) or women. Um, And I got to see this other side. So I don't know. I think it was just by chance to be honest, like my wife, I met when I was literally 10 years old. And uh, one of my best friends was dating Aaron's best friend. And we just hung out and jumped on trampoline. So I got to see this other side of the world very early on, how they were different from us and how they contributed to making me better. Cause she was way better at a lot of things that I'm 
terrible at. And I saw that from a younger age. So I got different perspectives and, and growing up, that helped me be a little bit more vulnerable behind closed doors. Now, where I wasn't vulnerable enough was openly. And what I mean by that is I have a podcast now and that started really with social media and talking about my problems publicly. I think that lifted a weight off my shoulder because I started realizing there's other people out there like me. And I think one of our biggest fears is we're alone. We're constantly, we feel alone. And for me, I struggled with digestive issues, celiac disease, and some mental health stuff. And for a competitive athlete and for somebody that is basically taught not to show weakness, I'll talk to a couple friends about some stuff, but I still didn't feel like it landed with that person because they live a different life than I ultimately live. But once I went on social media and on a podcast, I started connecting with so many people that were like, yo, I have this story that's very similar to yours. A, I think I can help you, or B, I think you could potentially help me. And once I started being vulnerable and started realizing that we connect over our problems, we don't connect over the achievements, light bulb went off in my mind of like, I just want to surround myself with more, not just men, but women who are are truly vulnerable. And I think to end here, vulnerability can look again in so many different ways. And I think it's one of those things that now is a trend and a hot topic. Oh, I'm going to be super vulnerable. Now I'm not talking about going on social media and podcasts and talking about every problem you have and complaining about everything. Being vulnerable is saying like, in my eyes, I messed up. Like, here's where I did wrong. Taking ownership. Taking ownership. And being real. That's how I look at vulnerable is just like, there's a lot of mistakes I made in my 20s and teens that I don't necessarily regret because it made me who I am today. But if I were to do life again, I would not have made those same decisions. And here's why, A, B, C. So I think for me, that's what vulnerability really is. There's people stepping up to the plate and saying, I'll give a very practical example. If my wife and I get in a fight or in an argument, being able to a couple hours later be like, I fucked up. That's vulnerability. That's saying like, you know what? The actions that I took were not who I want to be. And this is me being vulnerable saying like, I'm sorry. And I am working on not making that consistent. What happens on the back end when we hold that in? Like there's such a freedom and surrender to allowing yourself just to be freely who you are and not letting your problems hold you back. By like relating to people and sharing that, especially in a moment with a relationship as well, like right away, like taking care of that and not letting things build up. But even with friends, even with the world and you sharing could allow someone else the courage to share some more, right? I'm curious because there's, there's like a community effect when that happens too, right? When we're starting sharing more and people can relate to us and with relationships as well. How is that the importance of having strong relationships, right? Because I think a lot of people don't have real friendships. You know, I didn't for the longest time. Like I was going through life and I I think you can relate in some level too of people who weren't really there for me. You know, it was just a, a product of the environment, you know, but when you actually open up and freely show up as your true self, your people come. Why do you think having that is so important to just the fulfillment of life? That's a great question and I can go in a million different ways, but I'm trying to lean into what community has ultimately done for me from a holistic viewpoint, meaning what did I not think that it would give me that has given me? And the reason I'm thinking about it this way is because I grew up playing sports. So I was at a community around me 
And so I always had people around me and I, I always had a pretty decent amount of good friends. Now in my adult life, what I've realized, and I just read a tweet that I reposted about how you want to have less friends and more sparring partners. Mm. And that is why a community has been so important to me because everyone in our community is way better at so many different things than I am. I know what I'm, when I got older, I know what I'm good at and I know what I'm never going to be good at because I just have no interest in it. Yet when I was younger, the pressure from society to just be it all, do it all is very high if you're a competitive person. The older I get, the less I actually want to do. Like I, I enjoy what I am good at and what challenges me. And when I mean I'm good at something, it's something that I got good at because I was passionate about it. It wasn't something I was just naturally like on a podcast. I wasn't just naturally putting light, the lights up and the, the headsets on. And I had to learn all that. And if you're listening to this, you can't see the, the YouTube video. This was a process. But the process was I didn't get paid to do it. I enjoyed it. And to get even here, it was blogs, sitting down with people, learning from people. Shout out to our buddy Yash, who has helped me. The major reason that I improved my downloads last month was he's helped me with my content system to pump out more in more quality. And that is why community has been so helpful to me is because iron sharpens iron at the end of the day. And when you're younger, again, you're I've thought about why we're conditioned that way. But when you go into the school system, it's the exact opposite of how life works. You don't take tests alone. But here's the other thing. You don't walk into school saying, how can you get me a good grade? Someone's going to punch you in the face. They're going to be like, no, fuck you. I want the good grade. But in real life, if you show up and say, yo, I got the science portion. Help me with the math. That is life to a T. Yo, you help me with the science homework. I got you in math. And then we find somebody that can help us write. And then we all come together as a tribe and figure out how does everybody level up in the areas that they not might not necessarily be the best at, but we can get them to good enough and then they can thrive at their, what they're really passionate about. Yep. That's community. I resonate with that so much. And I think that's ideal, but I think a lot of people are also struggling to find that, right? Finding that passion, finding that thing to truly step into and, and pour all their energy in so they can go out and show up as their true selves and find those people that connect the dots. So I'm curious for you, like, how did you, you know what you want? You dove into the process a little bit there, but like, what was like the first step that really like moved you or like the, maybe the first type of mindset that really allowed you to step into that to where you're at today? Being a baby. What I mean by that is going back to square one, lower your fucking ego. We want to be the expert on day one. So what that causes us to do is not start anything or not try anything. One of the things that I make fun of myself the most because it's hysterical is I would go to hip hop dance class with my wife. I'm terrible (laughs) at learning cues to dance. I am an athlete, so I'm very stiff. I, it was atrocious, but it was fun. And it taught me something about myself. Yeah. And what I realized was- Be vulnerable. But also, I was like, I could be good at this. Yeah. I could get good if I keep showing up to this. And that attitude of, you know what? I'm just going to go show up to this dance class. I'm going to go try this writing class. I'm going to go on this hike with this random person I just met. And they invited me with their friend group. 
that is what got me to understanding what I like. Because going back to the point of like, how do you know a good man? Well, look at what a not good man is. It's easy to define in movies and books and all those things. Good man can mean 20 million different things. It's the same thing with this. It's very easy to decipher what we don't like. It's very hard to figure out what is it that we love to death. Like, what will we do until the day we die? And finding those things only happen when you literally try a million different things. So I've lived in five different cities. I have, before Aaron, I dated, had two long-term relationships. I transferred colleges. I had multiple different jobs. That kind of set me up for at 24 or 25 when I started my whole entrepreneurial journey. I just took that attitude into, I'm just going to like, I'm just going to wing it. Nobody knows what the hell they're doing. I'm starting at square one. I'm going to come out of the womb. And instead of expecting to run right when I get out of the womb, I'm going to be like, okay, once I get out, what does it look like just to make my neck stronger? What does that look like? What does it look like to be able to then like sit up a little bit and roll over? What does it look like to then like maybe be able to crawl? And to end, the biggest difference between kids and adults is when they fall, quote unquote, fail, there's no emotional attachment to that. When a kid is trying to learn how to walk and he falls, he's not like, I'm not going to get up again because I fell, right? He's like, oh shit, I want to get up again because I wanna, I'm going to get this. And for adults, we fall, everyone sees a couple of people will point and laugh at us or make fun of us or throw shade at us. And then we immediately stop. And it's like, we never start, we never try to walk or run again. Took that one, that one time that someone said something or you failed and it's like, ooh, I don't want, to, I don't want that feeling ever again. And then we resonate with that feeling. It conditions us to, to hold back. If we're going to decipher down to like, what is the key ingredient? I would say is when I got sick, and realized that like life could be taken from me at any moment, I just stopped giving a shit what anybody thought. And once I did that, it was way easier to be like, you know what? I'm the guy that shows up to business meetings with a t-shirt on and a hat and I'm tatted and I love tattoos and I switch my hair every three months. Like I'm that guy. If you don't like it, I'm not for you. That's okay. That's the other thing that I think I learned is like being like, that's okay. I don't, not like you because you have something against me. That is something wrong with me then. And I don't like that. So it's just like, I'm just going to do my thing. If other people want help with doing their thing, I'll help too. But like, otherwise, crawl, walk, run. Yeah. And in action, action kills everything. I think that having the perspective of like life is too short and not being afraid of death and not letting all these fear things flood our brain and condition us. If you have that one bad experience, all you need is a, don't identify with that. Like you don't, it's not, it's not a contract with yourself. Like you created it, you signed it. <laughs> you can break it, you can rip it up. And imagine if we feared not taking action as much as we feared what other people think of us. People almost, I read this, it's a stat. People pretty much fear what other people think more than they fear death. And they proved it by being like public speaking. Public speaking. Yeah. People would rather die than go in front of yeah. thousands of people to publicly speak. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. But what's cool is like, it's all mindset. Like we can shift that stuff. Like all you need, your body, your brain just needs evidence. Stimulus. Like you can believe, you can believe first for sure. But like sometimes that's challenging for people you know, meditation and different breathworks can help you with that. But stimulus itself, like pumping that into your, into your body, into your environment as much as possible. It's easy. 
me speaking in front of people. That still scares the hell out of me, but I do it because I, I enjoy the process. I enjoy the, the end result. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Brayden. I hope you're loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. Head over to cjfinley.com and sign up for my daily newsletter, where I will be giving you information, impactful stories, tips and tricks, and access to a community who are focused on making an impact above and beyond themselves. You also have the perk of exclusive giveaways, potential shout outs, and possibly even some collaborations. The least that will happen is you will walk away into every day with an extra pep in your step. My promise is that I will always do my best to help you thrive on life. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with Brayden Alley. We bring up a good thing because like I, I get asked fairly frequently, like, does that make me nervous or anxious? And if it doesn't make you nervous, you're not in the you're not leveling up enough to to be in a new arena. So I do still get a little bit nervous and anxious, but it's a different type of nerves and anxiousness. It's not like, oh my God, I'm afraid of whatever the result's gonna be. Like I'm gonna fuck up, I'm gonna fail. It's like it's excitement. It's like an exciting nervous. It's like me being like, oh my God, like I'm actually here. Mm-hmm. This is happening. I'm in front of Wait, and you want to show up. You want to yeah, offer as and much I value want as to possible. be valuable. So exactly. it's just like it's more anxiety of I need to hit the level of what I believe that I can hit rather than, oh my God, I'm going to fail or, or this or that. So it's, it's, and that's how you know you're in the right arena. If you don't feel that, and there's been certain cases where I've been in different businesses, different talks, where in the moment, I'm just, I'm not fired up about it. So that's when I knew it was like, okay, I shouldn't do this again. I shouldn't say yes to this. Well, and, and scale down, like meet yourself where you're at. Find that smallest barrier of entry. Like for me, it was like teaching group classes, group fitness classes. I was talking in front of people, right? And then you just keep expanding from that. You can do that with anything in life. One thing you talked about, Aaron, a few times, and I know this man is very happily married. I can see it. And I'm curious, you know, because I think we all want that. We all want that marriage to where like we're just fully vulnerable. We get to show up as our true self. We get to do things together. We get to go try to be a, a dancer together and goof off and be silly and not care, obviously, what the significant other thinks. But I think there's a, and this kind of gets back to the fear too of like being seen. Like we all want to be fully seen and no one really fully sees you as much as Aaron could. You can show up and be vulnerable, but no one's going to see you as much as her. How is finding that because I, I know the story like you went after what you want you saw it how did that happen like how did you like all right this is what i want i'm gonna go for it like this is i can tell like i can feel like it was the energy was it what was the igniter there i think there's a common theme in this in this episode and it's just like having a lot of experiences to know what you don't want and then when the opportunity is in front of you you have to take it and i think what i've done over my life i think what Again, going back to understanding what you, is your thing. What are you good at? The one thing that I think I've always been good at is having diverse experiences with a diverse amount of people. And I don't mean for any guys thinking out there, I don't mean sexual. I mean, like, I visited buddies in different colleges, like, 
I traveled. I made a ton of friendships and built communities. I didn't know I was really building communities, but it was it wasn't even me building communities. It was an insatiable desire to live. Like I love to connect life, to connect. Like I loved I'm an adrenaline junkie. I love new experiences. And the fastest way to get new experiences is to hang out with people that could teach you and show you and walk you through different ways of life. And that's how I kind of grew up. A four sport athlete. I was doing all these different things. And once that was taken away, once you graduate and it's like, you get the job and this is your path, I didn't like who I was becoming because I then just leaned on drinking and smoking. And the one outlet that I leaned on, two outlets, it was working out and then going on dates. And I feel like there's a lot of guys in that facility that lane, right yeah. now in yeah. that lane where they're, they're going to the gym and then they're swiping on whatever. I didn't have, I didn't, when, when I started dating Aaron, I didn't have the apps. So that wasn't a thing. And it's crazy to say, like, You're it was thankful. only seven years ago. <laughs> I am thankful to hear what everyone has to go through. But yeah, it was work, gym, go on dates. Yeah. And when I took a step back and really started thinking about like, what do I want out of my life? It was somebody that inspired me and motivated me and that was very rare for me because I'm used to being the guy that I just wake up pretty grateful and motivated. And once I got the job and thought that I was on this path of wanting this life that I had achieved and I didn't want it, it was kind of a shell shock. And it's a simple story, very complex if I were to tell the whole thing, but simple story is she was posted on Instagram she had Air Inspiration Fitness at the time. Instagram had just like started coming out. And I was the guy that was posting beers and the partying I was doing at places I was traveling. And she was like one of the first people in my friend group that started using it for good, that started showcasing her story of what she was struggling with and how she was going through it and how she was motivating herself and inspiring herself to be a better human being. Hmm. nobody around me was doing that. No one, I was living outside New York. something No one was there. doing that. <laughs> and from afar, I'm following. Like I'm, I'm literally like every day being like, what is she posting? And that this is so crazy because I pump so much content now. But she is the shy one. She is the reserved one. She's the one She's who actually inspired me. And there was no Thrive. I didn't even, I didn't have a personal account. I still have a private account that called siege that like I can't even get access to. And when I visited her, we, I visited her as friends. She was like, you need to, you need to, you need to start this. You need to do something. So in our relationship, most people look for people that are relatable to them. And I think that's the number one mistake that both girls and guys make. I want iron sharpening my iron into the game. I already know what I have. I don't need more of that. You don't need more passionate, aggressive CJ. It's two alphas. You need- Or it's just that you start butting heads. Yeah, you need the flower to balance out the fire. And she, and we both have a little bit of each, but you need that balance. And the key for me that sold me, and this is how I knew. You asked like, how, does that, how do you know this feeling, right? Your lifestyles have to match up. Your characteristics as- human beings and your and your morals have to line up like you both have to want to strive to be better human beings but your 
personality, your core personality should be different because that brings spice to it and also sharpens you. So if we're going back, in previous relationships, if I was working out on a Friday night, that was kind of an issue. Like if I wanted to say, hey, I don't want to go out. Date night. I just want to go to the gym. Like can date night be go to the gym night? Because I can finally clear my head and like really get a good lift in. With Aaron, she's the one asking me to do that. Yeah, I love that. Right? With exes, it wasn't necessarily, I felt friction. So as soon as I saw that difference, I was like, wow, this is a little note to take. And the second thing is for me, I had never met somebody that I was willing to reduce my ego so much for, meaning like, I will do whatever it takes. I will become the man that I need to become to earn you being in a relationship with me. Mm. Before that, it was, I would point fingers. Mm. Oh, you're crazy. Oh, you're this. Oh, you're that. Rather than being like, how am I, how am I fucking up in this? You're projecting. You weren't taking ownership. Yeah, exactly. So I think she's the one who kind of forced me to take And again, if you look in, I didn't want to tell the full story here, but you can look into our full story on my podcast and some of the stuff we posted, but death unfortunately connected us. And she just had this wisdom about life that I felt a lot of other people in mid twenties didn't have. And once I felt that, and once I got to just be around her and feel that energy, I immediately knew like, I can't go without this. Like this, she literally saved my life. That's how I look at it. And I'm very conscious of people out there now, like whoever's listening, if you're mid-20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, I think the thing that you just said, that the ownership, is I'll talk to some guys and I'll be like, I want to find the one. I want to do X, Y, Z with the one. And I'm like, but you're not even doing that now. You're not even doing it for yourself. You're yeah. not even doing it for yourself. On Friday and Saturday night, you're falling back into the same traps. Like, If you really want the one, where is she right now? She's not at the bar. The high achieving, classy, down to earth girl is not at the bar. And if she's at the bar, she's not drinking, right? She's she's on another level, bro. And I don't know why the universe made me realize that so so quickly in my life. But again, the opportunity was there. I saw it out of all the experience I've had. And that's when I was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And I drove 12 hours and asked her out. (laughs) I love that, man. I love that. Damn. Um, well, first off, I want to say this is to everyone who's listening. It's okay for that first date not to be a freaking restaurant. Like in the classic, like it can be whatever. It can be going for a walk. It could be a workout. It could be, it doesn't have to be a movie. Like we just get into, fall back into this conditioning of like, this is what you do. No, it can be whatever you want. To that point, people in marriage, because this is the phase, like in business, I start with the end. I was talking to you about this before. But we don't start with the end in relationships. And that's why a lot of mar- marriages fail. You got to build. They, they literally think, oh, I'm going to get this good looking person. They're going to be great. They're going to be perfect. And then we're just going to have this white picket fence and that's the end of it. It's like, no, the real test is when you actually commit to saying, wow, when we're married, I can't just do what I want. I have to factor in this other person. And when you're factoring another person, thinking about dates and things like that, it's less of like, what do I think is going to be a short-term win? And more, what is a long-term win? So what I mean by that is this is, I've literally seen this happen. Dudes will 
self-sabotage by doing dates that they know will end that night in the way that their other head wants it to end, right? But in the long run, you're much better off saying like, let's go to, to that yoga class or let's go for a walk or community events are a great way. Like, hey, would you like to go on a date to this group workout class? Because if she's down, that's one check off of like, she's down for this lifestyle. And then your long-term, you're now figuring out, okay, this could potentially be that person that I'm willing to sacrifice for. Yep. Well, and speaking of sacrifice and like going through those layers of like not having the end goal in mind and working through with each other, you're not going to be able to do that if you don't first do it with yourself. Your relationship is never going to win. It may, you may be with each other. You won't be fully happy if you're not first doing that work on yourself first. Some people dive into you know, relationships because they don't, they're not happy with themselves or they're lonely or whatever the case. But if you don't first do that, that, that inner work or that stuff on finding out who you are, what you like first and another part, you're not going to know what you like. So you're not gonna be able to go to that place to find those, that girl, you know, that's a great, that's a great. So jealousy is not a thing in Aaron and I's relationship. And the reason it's not a thing is because we're both so self-aware around who we are as individuals and the bond that we have. And I feel that started and that's a thing because of exactly what you're, you're saying. We both understand that theoretical instance, we're no longer together. We both know that there's potentially hundreds of, and thousands of other people out there that could be for us. And I think a lot of people don't take that step back and realize that that is just reality. And when you step into that and have that self-awareness and say, I'm going to become the best me for me and she's going to be a better her because I'm the best me and vice versa. And we're going to be a better whole. Then we set ourselves up for success because we both know that individually we have a lot of roots in the ground. So you're not going to waver us individually. So that means like when we come together, it's even stronger. And I think most people don't have any roots in the ground in who they are and what they stand for. And that's where the conflict in the relationship comes because they either date somebody that isn't right for them or they marry that person that they were lusting over loving or yeah. So there's a million ways that you can go with this, but it starts with having those roots firmly planted in, in who you are. So I like to be super practical. Erin knows the real me. She knows that I can be rambunctious and out there and I talk a lot and I like, like I said, like she knew I was going to get tatted up. It's always been, I love the whole of CJ. Now we have conflicts, a lot of them, but it's never to the point of, I'd say creating a thorn or anything like that. Friction. Yeah. There's, there's no friction. It's like, Hey, you do you, I'll do me. Because you hold each other, you hold each other to a higher standard too. Like you guys know each other's dreams and stuff, and, and on that level. So if you're someone's not aligning, like if you're not aligning with the person that you want to be, that person should call you out, right? Yeah, and you want that person. Just like I said, you want a sparring partner, and that's the other thing. Because I think another question that we get asked is like, do you fight? Do you argue? Because a lot of people, when they hang around us, you see like Erin's just a part of our crew. Like she can hang out with the guys and it's just part of the crew, right? Uh, so I'll get people that ask, do you fight? Do you argue? No, it's just like all the damn time. You put two competitive people in a room, and but it's never vindictive. And if it ever gets to a point where it could even be like that, one of us is like, okay, enough, stop. 
and what I mean by that is like it's never we're not calling each other names or anything like that. It's always like, where should we get our next house? And like, we both have very firm stances and like, what should we do with our money? And how should we spend our time? And who should we be spending our time with? And what family members need our attention? Like there's a bunch of things that go into relationships that I think a lot of people don't ever see because they always stay on that surface level. And going back to how I knew to your question, that was a great question, is she was the one that I'm willing to say, you know what, tell me how to do it or tell me how to be. Or before that, it was just me just stuck in my own ways and projecting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a lot right there. <laughs> I think the the biggest takeaway from the other question of like finding what you want, you got to know what you want. In order to know what you want, you got to know who you are. In order to know who you are, you need to put some work in. You need to tr- be a baby, be a kid, lay some roots and be in the arena, which gets me to my last question before we, we wrap up is what does that mean to you? You know, we talk about being in the arena a lot, you know, in different arenas, you know, in relationships and fitness and business and whatever the case, what does that mean to you being you being a man in the arena? I can't help like once I saw your logo and just the title, I love it. Of What was that movie? Gladiator? Gladiator. I think of it every single time. And what I think about Gladiator, and it goes into the relationship talk we're talking about, is is sacrifice. And I think a true man, a real man, sacrifices a lot of things throughout his daily life and his ultimately his entire life for the greater good of those that he loves. And it can look and show up in a million different ways. But to me, being in the arena every day, sacrifice to me means being vulnerable enough to say, I am good in this area. I'm not good in this area. I'm going to get better. Yeah, or help me. Or, or help ask me. for help. Yeah. yeah. Well, get, I'm going to get better is like asking for help or taking a class or leaning on a friend. And that's what being in the arena means. Because if I think of like the Gladiator movie, it's like, are you willing to die for what you stand for? And I am. Like, I'm willing to podcast until my last day. I'm willing to continue to throw community events. I'm willing to work out and recover and show up for my wife and show up for my family. Those are the things I'm willing to do until the end. And if I were to dial it in, that's what it means. So happy that you brought up that. I was I was thinking like the hero's journey and then you went sacrifice. That was way more powerful. Anybody can have the hero's journey. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. when when I thought about this, like we were talking about I was there's documentaries on World War II right now on Netflix. And man, these are those were 16, 17, 18-year-old kids that are lining up and who knows if they're coming back. Yeah. They're sacrificing a lot of them unknowingly because they don't really know what they're fighting. Like, you don't have social media back. Like, you don't know what the hell's going on back then. You're just, we're signing up and we're going to go fight for freedom. Thrown in the arena. (laughs) Yeah, you're thrown in the arena. And when you think about it in that light, who are you when you get dropped out of that airplane? Have you ever seen the movie with, I think it's Tom Cruise where he gets dropped out of the airplane over and over and over and over and over again. Who are that person when you land and there's just shit, shit. flying at you, yeah. right? And 
I strive to be the guy that is calm, cool, and collected. I'm not always, I'm very much not always that person. But that's the work you do, yeah. right? That's the sacrifice you do. You put yourself in those arenas so you can learn and grow. Yeah. And again, practicality here. Last, literally almost a year ago, when that storm hit Texas, tons of people are freaking out. My bottom floor of my house flooded, right? I, till 11 p.m., I was sitting there with a bucket squeegeeing out. And for four days straight, um, cutting the walls open. Like, I don't know how to do any of this shit. I'm like on YouTube calling my dad, doing all this stuff. And I was going back to being grateful for your achievements. Like in that moment, I was like, holy shit, I, I can do this. And every, all the workouts, all the ice, all the, the community things, because some of the people in the community gave me the bucket, gave me the squeegee, helped me here and there, right? During that time, that crisis, and then what did I do right after that? I let someone stay with us at Thrive who didn't have shelter because the electric and the water went out. So she stayed with us for two days. So it's, it's a constant yin and yang and pushing, pulling. And the practicality of that was so enlightening to me. It was like, what am I willing to sacrifice? And in our relationship, going back to even, I like to tie things together. Aaron continued to work. I had to take those four days off and, and work on us and make sure she was fed and make sure we had food and make sure we had water because we knew the responsibilities. And I didn't touch on this in the relationship talk, knowing the responsibilities of who does what in your relationship. That is half the battle. Because if you judge me on cleaning, it's going to be a terrible relationship. I'm not, I just not my thing. But if you're but like- you have a thing. But if, yeah, exactly. But if, if you need your house fixed when it's flooding, I can make it happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. Man, that's such a good talk. I uh, want to highlight you and highlight all the things you're doing. You mentioned your podcast. You're, you're pumping. But I want to preface this by saying, and not to be dramatic, we're fighting a war. And it's a, it's a war we've been fighting since the dawn of man. And it's an information war, a war of information. And we're at a perfect time right now that social media and technology has allowed us the freedom to be able to share what we think up here which has allowed us to impact more lives. And I wanted to mention that because this guy right here is doing a hell of a job of getting the right information out there and challenging the status quo every single day. So I would love for you to share all the things, you know, where people can reach you and, and seek and listen to all the information that you're pumping out. Yeah, I appreciate you. Uh, easiest way to reach me is on Instagram, cj.finley. Uh, go follow the podcast account, Thrive on Life Podcast. Would love for you to scroll through the episodes and find something that that jives with you. Uh, my major passion is sharing other people's stories and getting the information that they're passionate about into the world because I'm a big believer in right and wrong in human nature. We have defined ourselves. And that's where I think education allows people to have a better capability to analyze right and wrong, both as a whole, but in their own lives of like, what is that step to understanding who they are so that they can then attract people that they can build communities with. And it starts with education, information, and I am going to continue to do my best to bring on guests such as yourself who ultimately are just asking questions. That's, that's really what I'm intrigued by is asking these questions of how do I become a better person? How do I become a better man? How do I get in that relationship? The sparks, little fires all over the place. Yeah. And there's no right answer. It's, it's A to B. 
there's one thing you took from this podcast, it's A to B thinking, or zero to one, as Peter Thiel would say. Just A to B thinking, you're better than you were yesterday, but worse than you'll be tomorrow, every single day. That's how you should look at life. Better than yesterday. And be grateful for what you have right now. Anyways, that's a wrap, my friend. I appreciate you, everyone. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Stay blessed. Peace. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of the small team here at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team. So we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our Thrive on Life community. To do so, please head to thriveonlife.com and connect with us there. We'd love to chat with you. Before I sign off, I'd like you to always remember one thing. When we strive together, we thrive together. So please do your part in helping others thrive on life.